Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s. From great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges and most importantly how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host Sandra Beck. Hey mamas, this is Sandra Beck and this is six, the sixth show. Sorry, I'm like six, six ducks. What's that, that child rhyme we do? This is number six in a series of fruits of the spirit, how they apply to us as moms, as women, as friends and wives, all those good things. Um, and I've got Lisa, we're in, we've done been doing this for six weeks and one of the shows isn't even advertised yet. And we already have over 800 downloads. And I got to tell you, we are getting some rocking reviews on iTunes. So if you guys are iTunes users, go to motherhood talk radio fruits of the spirit. You'll see our shows right there. We're getting lots of downloads on iTunes too. Lisa, this is so important what we're doing because the fruits of the spirit, they are the kind of the backbone or the the attributes of a Christian life, according to Paul in his letter to the Galatians. And we've done these shows and I've really learned how much they are intertwined. You can't really practice one fruit of the spirit without it either overlapping or including the other. That is so true, Sandra. And today we're talking about goodness, um, which really does kind of flow from the other fruits that we've talked about, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness and then we're into goodness well and you know i i know this is silly because i get all twisted with these words and stuff and you know when we think of the word goodness and you know i'm a big one that i look up and it's like oh the quality of being good okay well that's that's subjective like you know am i good because i won. You know what I mean? Did I win at all costs? Yes, but I won. So is that being good? I think just the concept of good, what does it mean to be good is, oops, sorry, that's me, is very subjective. Um, Because when I look at my sons, one of them thinks it's good to win. And he will kick his brother if he needs to win, but he one and it might be for a greater good but the way he got there wasn't good and like now I start getting twisted up in the word good like so I'm really I always like to go back to the Bible for the definition of good because good can be a big wide range of what it means to be good yes and you know it's a term that's used so often we we kind of use it for everything and you know, good enough, what's good, what is good. And um, uh, I like going to dictionary.com. I know, I was at, at um, I wasn't at dictionary, I was looking at, um, at Wikipedia for goodness, because it's really a, an interesting concept. And, um, you know, and I, I really want to know what, yeah, what the Bible says. Okay, well... 
<laughs> well, I, I just, I'm, like, I'm like abundant and morally excellent, virtuous, righteous, pious. And I, I think most of us look at ourselves and go, well, I'm pretty good. I, I haven't killed anybody lately. And, you know, I pay my taxes and, and I'm a good person, right? Um, that's kind of not really what we're talking about here in the Fruits of the Spirit. Um, it, this is a deeper down thing. And when I think of goodness, you know, in this line of attributes of the Fruit of the Spirit, I think of Maria from Sound of Music. Just that sweet, you know, nun that, that really was a little bit innocent and just tried to make everything around her better much to the chagrin of the uh, other uh, nuns in the monastery. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and the, if you've ever been around somebody that's, that's just good and it's a spiritual good, not like they think they're good enough, but they, they just kind of exude this goodness that you just want to kind of get a little closer to because it just feels good to be there. Um, I, I think of um, not just Marie and the Sound of Music, but... Um, people with these this strong spiritual gift of goodness are the caregivers in the world. They're the ones that will just come alongside you and, um, you know, lift you up when you need it and just being a blessing to others. And it just seems to be so easy for them where some of us, goodness is something we really struggle with. And I think part of it is because we are just going barreling down our life's road, you know, 90 miles an hour. And it takes a little bit of time to stop and consider those around us, consider the beauty around us, just take it in, be refreshed by it. And most of us don't have time for that. It takes a little extra time and effort to be good. I mean, the kind of goodness that the, the Bible talks about. Well, and, you know, I was looking at some of these Bible study tools in preparation for today's show, and um, there's this International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. And now, granted, you know, it's it's got a lot of resources on it, but one of the things that I took away from it is, you know, and it's funny because the word good is just like one extra O away from God, and... <laughs> They were talking on there about like goodness being a distinct feature of God to be godlike. So when you think of like what would Jesus do or what would God do in this situation, um, goodness was at attached to godliness. And, you know, I just thought that was kind of interesting and a kind of a light went on in my head going, okay, if we're wondering what to be, what it means to be good, like for Zach and Max, who, you know, there's the win at all cost mentality and some of the ends justify the means. That's where I think goodness gets a little bit mixed up in people. Their heart might be in the right place, but how they went about it, especially in politics, may not be, you know, good. So I think it's, it's important that we have these discussions with our kids. Absolutely, um, because, and, and, you know, there's always that term, where how many times do parents tell their kids, now just sit there and be good. And, you know, for me, growing up, that meant following the rules, going along with whatever was, you know, would keep me out of trouble. That was being good, but it wasn't really a heart thing. It was a behavior thing. And I just didn't want to get in trouble. I wanted to, you know, kind of stay out of the limelight. So I would be good. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean our hearts are good. Um, there's all kinds of people that go along with the rules, and yet their hearts are not there. And they, they really don't um, exude that goodness to other people. And when it comes to teaching kids, 
it's kind of difficult because there's, you know, we use the term good all the time. Does that mean just sit here and not punch my brother or does it mean actually, you know, uh, serving my brother and, and, you know, being nice to him? And, and this kind of gets back to how goodness flows from the other fruits of the spirit. We start out with um, the love of God in us and, and learning who God is and, and, you know, tapping into that agape, unconditional love which then uh, brings joy bubbling up through us because all of a sudden we've got, you know, the, the creator of the universe actually cares about me and loves me and, and what, you know, and is taking care of me. That brings joy and that brings peace because we don't have to worry about anything because he's taking care of us. And then we turn around and start looking at others and that, that brings up the patience and the grace of giving, giving people the benefit of the doubt. Um, and then, you know, when we do that, we can, we can start acting with kindness. We talked about last time, you know, showing kindness to others, not just randomly, but intentionally. And that all then will flow into goodness where we're actually looking outside of ourselves and looking for ways to bless people. And, you know, and that, that's a much different concept than just going by the rules or behaving ourselves or being nice. Well, and that brings me to another point, like in preparing for today's show, you know, I really had to give this a lot of thought, Lisa, because, you know, when we talk about being good, you know, like your parents say, be good. My parents said, be good. The teacher says, be good. The principal says, be good. You know, the 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 pastor says, be good. But being good needs to actually we need to answer to a higher power here. Yes, it's important to listen to your parents. I get it. You know, some parents are good parents. Some parents are not so good. And that was one of the crises my kids had where they had fundamental ideological differences from their dad. But to be a good son was to listen to the dad. But if the dad is not giving or dispensing good advice, we've got a problem. And so I really started doing some some digging um, and the ultimate context of being good was to live up to God's expectations. Now that I could get my, my teeth into. Yes. And yet it's so terrifying at the same time because God tells us to be perfect because he's perfect and who's perfect. Nobody is, but that's the goal we shoot for. Um, and if we shoot for a high standard, we're going to come a lot closer than if we just say, well, I'm just going to be good enough to get by, to stay out of trouble, to, you know, kind of fly under the radar. Um, it's about, you know, what our goals are. And God gives us a very high goal. And yet, you know, we, we don't become good enough in his eyes because of what we do. We, we become good enough in his eyes because of what he's already done for us. Well, it, it's true. I mean, you know, the goodness can't be separated from like gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, kindness, patience. I mean, I'm like going through our, our Fruits of the Spirit series because you can't have these things independent of each other, but teaching your children to be good you know, if we go to other countries and they have different belief systems and we're teaching them to be good followers of whatever that is, this is part of the reason that we have a big mess on our hands. And this is why this is a difficult topic. This is a tough topic to define. And I'm so glad to have Lisa Dietrich here with me today. Her website is Lisa, L-I-S-A, Dietrich, D-E-T. 
S-T-R-E-S.com. She's my partner here in this Fruits of the Spirit series, and she's written these blogs on her site in a relationship. Goodness, are you fruity? Faithfulness, are you fruity? You know, helping us define some of these things, because in teaching our kids the Fruits of the Spirit, these are some of the tough questions that are going to come up, and Lisa and I are here to explore them. Now, we don't know everything. We're not the end-all, be-all. We're just here to share with you what we know and what we've used as parents so that you can turn around and help your children really embrace the fruits of the Spirit in their own life. We'll be back after the break with more discussion on goodness. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Got my dreams, got my life, got my love, got my friends, got the sunshine above. Why am I making this hard on myself when there's so many beautiful reasons I have to be happy? Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright, Mondays at 5 p.m. Central, years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. 
Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich, and this is Motherhood Talk Radio. And for those of you that are just joining us, we have our Fruits of the Spirit series up on iTunes. We also have it at toginet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com, or you can go to motherhoodtalkradio.com to find this and other episodes like it. Now, Lisa, in the opening segment, I was stumbling a little bit because... This, you know, when you do a radio show on a topic, you really learn how much you don't know and how much there is to know. And one of the questions that I had in this, you know, if we accept goodness as, as you know, trying to please God or, you know, to be good means to, to, to be in a state of God-pleasing ways, well, we're human and we're going to make mistakes. And that's part of kind of what we do. Goodness then can't be an all or nothing thing. So I, I'd love for you to weigh in on that because my kids look at people and say, well, he did this, so he's not a good person, or she did that, so she's not a good person. What do we do with that? Well, it kind of depends on what they did, I suppose. And, um, you know, when we talk about goodness, um, just it's not just one activity, it's what's in the spirit. So if, um, you know, I, I think it's difficult for kids because, yeah, and a lot of us do that. We see, you know, somebody do one thing wrong and all of a sudden we have a completely different perspective on who they are. Um, and yet we've all made mistakes. We all fail. We all sin. And, um, you know, we all be, need to, when we look for goodness, we need to look at the author of goodness, which is God himself. And, you know, what does he do that's good? Well, I, I love the fact, you know, if you read in Genesis 1, each day of creation, after God finishes, he says, you know, he looked at everything he had done that day, and it was good. He looked at everything he had done this day, and it was good. And then after he created humans, people, man and woman, Adam and Eve, he said, this is very good. And, um, you know, so God looking at his own work is good. Um, and what he does for us is good, even though we may not seem to think so at the time. So, you know, rather than defining a good person uh, or even judging a person by one act, um, you know, we look at we need to look a little bit deeper inside. And obviously we can't read a person's heart and their thoughts. And yet we can, you know, as we get to know people, we start learning a little bit more about who they are. And um, that's where goodness comes in, um, along with the other fruits of the Spirit. Because if who that person is is somebody that's just trying to go along with the rules and trying to stay under the radar, um, but really in their hearts, they, they want to, you know, that's, that's really not what they would prefer to do. And eventually it will come out. You know, what's in their heart, what they want to do, what they'd rather do as opposed to going along with the status quo. Um, that's when it starts coming out. And, you know, we see this in people that, you know, all of a sudden they thought they were a pretty good person, you know, and, and all of a sudden they go and do something horrific and everybody's stunned by it. Well, this wasn't just a random act. It's something that's been breeding within them for a while. And that's why. Um, you know, the Bible instructs us to, first of all, take a look at our own hearts and consider the things we're thinking about and, and um, uh, brooding about because that, that does come out and that will, that's not goodness in there. If we're, we're, you know, staying angry and bitter or, uh, you know, hating on people or 
um, getting, you know, living in a constant state of frustration or fear or um, anything, you know, any of these other attributes that are contrary to the gifts or the fruits of the spirit. That's when we can really say, yeah, I may not be such a good person to be around. And, um, but ultimately we can't fix other people. We need to be looking at ourselves. Well, and that's, that's why, you know, it's so important for us to have these conversations, Lisa, because, you know, goodness, you know, you talk about goodness, like, you know, like what's in your heart, but you know, there's a, um, a verse that I memorized as a kid from Galatians, uh, and it was like, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And the doing good, like that takes the word good from being an adjective to describe something to an act of doing. And I feel more comfortable using, you know, doing good um, makes a lot more sense to me. Absolutely. And again, that that because that's the intentional. That's that is in your heart. You want to go out and do good things. You want to bless people, as opposed to just going through the motions because it seems like the right thing to do, or it somehow is self-serving. Um, you, you know, the goodness in your heart, where you actually want to help people and you want to bless people and you want to be intentional about your actions and your blessings. That's goodness. Well, and it's interesting. Yeah, you you know, that's just so interesting because, you know, there was a time when I got really confused in the doing of good work. You know, I've done my Toys for Tots for 30 years and I've, I've you know, done I countless food drives, pantry drives, you know, clothing drives. I mean, I still do those, you know, constantly, you know, and somebody said to me, well, you know, you're only doing that because it makes you feel good in your heart. And I sat back for a second going, you know, I really tried to examine my heart. And the fact is, yes, when you do good things for others, you feel good. Like that's, that's, you know, it's not the reason why I do things, but that, that feeling you get from living in a way that serves God, you do get that added benefit of feeling good. And that's not something like I felt really embarrassed by it. And I thought, Oh my gosh, like, am I doing this for selfish reasons? Cause I feel good. And then I, you know, got out of my own way and thought, well, we all feel good when we do things the way God wants us to. Well, and yeah, that's one of the blessings to doing good. Um, But there are also people that only do good for self serving purposes. And, you know, they have the reward as well. Um, that's that's it. Um, we, you know, uh, again, we can look at other people and, and try to guess what they're doing, but really this is an internal thing. This is an inside job. And, um, you know, if we look to God as the author of goodness, the author and sustainer of our lives, he does so many good things in our lives. Um, and sometimes it means, you know, breeding that goodness within ourselves we, we need to kind of stop and go, you know what? God made me. He has a plan for my life. He saved me. He sustains me each day. And, you know, can we take the time each day to stop and recognize that and then recognize all the good things he's done that are around us? Um, and then from that, that becomes our motivation and our um, inspiration to go and do good for others. And uh, maybe something as intentional as doing a food drive or a clothing drive. And those things are fantastic. So many people are blessed by that. Um, 
And yet it might be something um, very different as just being good to somebody who's being kind of mean to us and, you know, um, just looking for opportunities to, to do good anywhere, anything that we're doing. Well, and that's, you know, that's where, like, you know, I'm starting to get a little clearer here that, like, you know, we want... We want to we want to understand that goodness is modeled really by God. So we use God as our goodness, you know, our model for goodness, and you know it's made possible through our belief in Christ. Um, I think it's important too that kids learn, and I know I've I've struggled with this because I you know when bad things happen, it's it's easy to believe all these things when good things happen. It's when tough things happen, crisis happens, challenge happens that you know you you really question these things. And you know, as a little kid, I was taught you know God is good all the time. Like there's a there's a Chris Tomlin song that's like you know God is good all the time, all the time, all the time. That's hard for me to get my mind around and it was hard for me to explain to my kids when tough things happen when trauma happens in a family we recently had a kid two uh two little girls lost their mom to colon cancer and you know these girls are elementary school age and you know my kids are like you know why does god do that and you know that gets into a whole another conversation but but understanding that god is good is is i think hard in times of trauma or crisis or if a kid's getting bullied he can't understand why God is not there protecting him and I know he's not like our you know genie wish maker but that's these are hard concepts when kids ask these questions and they're honest questions and a lot of people ask those questions um, because you know we we kind of go around in our little bubbles every day um, hoping everything goes okay and yet Things come along to pop our bubbles to, to, you know, and they really do hurt us. And and it, it's a natural thing to go, God, you know, wh- what's up with this? Um, and, you know, God is a good God. And he did not, um, you know, the way, the way things are is not what he set out to be. That doesn't mean he's not in control. But there is a, uh, if you will, a, a, you know, a bigger, bigger scheme of things going on here. And... Um, you know, when, when bad things happen in our lives and, you know, at least we perceive them as being bad things because, you know, bullying isn't really good and, um, you know, uh, colon cancer and, and all these other things. I mean, they, they do not feel very good and they, you know, they hurt people. Um, but those are the times that we really learn and grow, um, one of the things I, I taught my kids when they had a bully was um, to be a little bit compassionate towards a bully, but more importantly, make sure that we don't repeat that behavior on anybody, whether it's our siblings uh, or somebody else. You know, we know what it feels like, so make sure you don't go and do that. You know, we can learn from that as far as diseases and things that, that hurt people. Um, that's part of living in a fallen world. You know, people get diseases and they die. That That's part of it. And honestly, um, if we consider the alternative that, you know, what if we never died and yet we still had to suffer from diseases and, and get old, you know, and, and broken down. Um, you know, Lisa, we've got to go to commercial break. We'll be back with more on Fruits of the Spirit. Uh, goodness. Listen as your day unfolds, challenge what the future's, try and keep your head up to the sky. 
Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. It's words you never heard. There are more cats in U.S. households than any other pet. Most allurophiles or cat owners know that unlike dogs, taking Kitty for a ride in the car isn't any fun. I mean, you never see a cat hanging its head out the window, enjoying the breeze. Today's domestic cat is descended from a small Mid-Eastern wildcat. A group of kittens is called a Kindle. And a group of adult cats is a clouder. What's the word for those dust balls composed entirely of cat hair? Fluffernugans. Personally, I like pigs better than either cats or dogs. Dogs are subservient and look up to man. Cats are aloof and look down on man. A pig, however, will look you in the eye and see as equal. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck of Motherhood Talk Radio, and we're visiting today with Lisa Dietrich. And the topic of the day, the sixth in our series of Fruits of the Spirit, we're talking about goodness. And, you know, this raises all sorts of questions in the household when you are teaching your kids. And there's a site that I like. Uh, they've not paid to promote this. I just like it. It's called ministrytochildren.com, and it's T-O, not the number two. And um, they have some really good um, lessons on there, some Sunday school lessons, some things that you can work with. And one of the resources that they have is they have some scripture put up here, uh, Galatians 5.22-23, Psalms 25.7, Psalm 31.19, Zechariah 9.16-17. You can go to a Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10. 
Philemon 113 to 14 and Galatians 6 uh, 9. So those are some places that you can go. I know I ripped them off pretty quick, but you guys can rewind this and listen if you uh, need those. Um, Lisa, when we were talking at break, we I had mentioned one of the struggles that our family is going through right now with the kids. What, a friend of theirs, mom, passed away from colon cancer very young. The children are very young, elementary school age. And it raises a lot of questions as to why, if God is all good, do these things happen? And and that's a very good question. And a lot of people ask that question. And honestly, the first answer that they have is, well, it must be that God isn't that good or God isn't that powerful um, or God isn't able to, you know, control what's going on in the world. And that's none of those are true. Um, one of the reasons why we have all this mayhem and, and death and disease and, and killing and everything is because God has given us free reign here to, you know, either choose to love and obey him or not to choose and love and obey him. And um, just because a, a young mother dies doesn't mean that God's punishing her or bringing judgment on her. Um, but that is part of living in a fallen world. And um, I love this verse in Isaiah, it's Isaiah 57, 1 and 2, and it says, The righteous perish, and no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away, and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. Those who walk uprightly enter into peace, and they find rest as they lie in death. Um, That may not be real helpful to a child who just lost their mother, but it's an understanding that God taking people is not necessarily a bad thing. It may not be good for us. It definitely doesn't feel good to lose a loved one. Um, you know, I lost both of my parents to cancer. And, you know, as I get a little bit older, I'm, I'm, you know, I told my husband the other day, do you realize my dad was only eight years older than me when he died? And, you know, that was a sobering thought. But, um, you know, we miss them. And yet we also have the peace of knowing you know what, they really are in a better place. And um, I couldn't imagine losing a child or, or having lost a parent as a young child. And yet God knows what their lives are going to be. And he knows that for whatever reason, this is going to be the best thing for them if they trust him. You know, if they trust God and just say, I don't know why you did this, God, but I'm going to trust you anyway and I love you and I'm going to look forward to seeing my mom again. Um, that brings the hope, and that actually gives us a little bit more purpose in life, that a little more understanding of our purpose, that um, we don't understand why these things happen, and yet, having been through it, we can now come alongside somebody else who's going through that. Um, some dear lady at church did that for me when my dad was dying. She came alongside me. I was literally sitting in the bathroom during a church service, just sobbing. I couldn't, I couldn't be in there. And she came along and sat with me and told me her story about her dad having cancer and put her arm around me and prayed with me. And you know what? I was able to walk out there back into church and back into life. And I I was able to handle it because all of a sudden I knew I had a sister that was walking through this with me. And sometimes that's the only reason that we have that we can look to that, you know, maybe I can, help somebody else go through this. And sure enough, it took me many years after my mom died of cancer to be able to handle it 
Um, but now I can come alongside people and I'm not afraid of cancer. Um, I'm not afraid to go visit people who have cancer um, because I know that I've been through it and God took me through it and made me stronger because of it. Um, and, you know, there, there are so many horrible things that go on in the world, but that, that isn't what God created. God created the world and gave us dominion over it. He gave us free will to choose to love him or not. And we kind of made a mess of it. So, you know, now he's giving us, you know, he gave us his word and he gives us a lot of um, opportunity to bring goodness back into the world and show that to those around us to show his goodness to us. And um, when we talk to our kids about, you know, why bad things happen to good people, um, you know, sometimes there's nothing. I mean, honestly, I've been in situations where people, you know, bad things happen and there's nothing we can say. There's really nothing that we can say to make it right because it just feels so wrong. Um, you know, I, I just heard about a young man that was killed in a car accident last night. He was 17 years old. And, um, you know, what do we see in that? Um, there we go. Sorry, I disappeared for a little bit. Um, you know, I I agree with you, Lisa. I mean, it's it's these are these are just tough conversations. Yes, they are, and um, and you know, God doesn't expect us to answer all the questions. Um, what we can do is go to Him and just trust that He knows. He sees the beginning. He sees the end. He sees all the possibilities along the way. And um, I love that verse in Romans 8.28, that God will make all these things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So, you know, even when we're hurting and we, it seems like our whole world is caved in, and I've been there. I mean, we've all been there. Um, we can just, if nothing else, we can just say, God, I know you're good and I know you have a purpose here and I'm going to trust you to take this and take me through this. And he will. I do. I, you know, we have to, um, you know, we just have to trust. I guess that's one of the biggest things, um, you know, with understanding goodness is that, you know, we trust that God is always good and, and, you know, we have to hold on to this. Yes. And, um, and, um, in, we can, when we look at the fruits of the spirit and the goodness, um, again, that's something that comes it's from the inside, and we need to work on, um, you know, this one takes a little bit of work, and there's some things that we can do to kind of help grow that goodness in our life. Um, if we, you know, and if we look at how goodness flows from the other fruits of the Spirit, um, you know, we can, we can, first of all, take a hold of God and His love, and, you know, that's something that's in our heart, the, the love for others and the love for God. So we can ask God to teach us how to love like he loves because we really don't know. We're fallen people. And quite honestly, you know, you, you take most people, um, you know, our interests, our loves are pretty self-centered. So we need to learn how to love the way God loves. And then um, from that, again, flows the joy, um, the joy of uh, down inside that knows that, um, that no matter what, that God loves us and he's with us. 
And that's something, you know, just in, in short, I, I just got back from Uganda about a month ago and we were out in the villages and the bush. Um, and the, the joy that we saw in these people that lived in mud huts with thatched roofs and they had nothing. And yet they had joy. They loved God. They had joy in their hearts and they really showed us up because, you know, they have nothing and yet they have joy and we have so much here. And yet that's really something we, we not, not only do we struggle as a society, we've kind of just written it off like, you know, um, the best we're going to get here is to find enjoyment and pleasure from time to time. Um, and yet here are these people that have nothing have joy because they know God is taking care of them. Um, and, you know, so in order to do that, sometimes we, we need to take some time each day to, to just step back from the distractions of life, disconnect and really stop and think about, meditate, count our blessings. Because even if, um, even if we feel like we have nothing, uh, we probably have a roof over our heads. Uh, we probably have uh, food to eat, at least today. Most of us have food for weeks or months, if we really got down to it. We have running water coming through our pipes that we can um, just tap water or at least filter it. We have family that loves us. We have people around us. Um, there's so much that we have that we just need to stop and take um, count our blessings. And then once we do that, it, it brings some peace because all of a sudden we know God's in control. First Peter 5, 7 says to cast your cares on him, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And if we can really honestly trust God enough to say, you know what, I'm going to give these troubles to you. I'm going to give my worries. I'm going to give my hurts and my questions about your goodness and, and why you take people. I'm going to give that to you because I know you care about us. Um, that's going to bring peace. And then with patience, uh, along with grace, um, we're going to start giving people the benefit of the doubt. So if they did something bad, Maybe we won't right away write them off as being a bad person, but just say, okay, they did something wrong, and maybe I need to talk to them about it, let them know, you know, maybe this wasn't okay. Um, and, you know, pray for the understanding of what it's like to walk in other people's shoes. Because I'll tell you, once you start putting yourself in their shoes, it really changes the way we look at others and ourselves. Um, and then kindness, that just kind of comes out. When we start thinking about others and look at ways to bless them, um, goodness is going to become easier and easier for us uh, um, to be able to find ways to bless others and to just be the kind of good person that God wants us to be. I'm going to take us to commercial break. This is Sandra Beck and Lisa Dietrich on Motherhood Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard today, check us out on iTunes. Check us out on toginet.com and motherhoodtalkradio.com. We'll be back after the break. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Don't you bring me 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating, and exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same. But if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. It's words you never heard. One evening in 1929, William Lear and Elmer Wavering of Quincy, Illinois, were out driving with their girlfriends. One of the girls suggested it would be even more romantic if they could listen to music. The guys liked the idea and started tinkering with installing a home radio in the car. They sold their idea to a radio manufacturing company and applied for a loan with a local banker to get production started. Thinking it might sweeten the deal, they installed one of their new radios in the banker's vehicle. Unfortunately, the banker's car caught on fire and they didn't get the loan. They must have felt like Dunder Klumpens. Not giving up, they drove to a radio convention and sat outside in the car with the radio blasting. Soon orders were pouring in and taking a cue from the Victrola because their radio was going in a car. They called it the Motorola. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich, and this is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we are here today talking about goodness, and we kind of picked apart goodness and, you know, fed on the bones, and now we're going to put it into practice, Lisa, and one of the things that I find really difficult in a household full of boys, (laughs) I'm not saying girls are any different, I just don't know that because I haven't raised them, but is to practice goodness in the household, because, you know, it's easy for all of us to to donate clothes. It's easy for all of us to, you know, do a penny drive or all these things and the kids feel good about it. But it's the practice of goodness on a daily basis when you're home and everybody's kind of let their public guard down that I find to be challenging. And that is the most challenging thing. And yet it all begins at home. Um, you know, it used to say that charity begins at home. And um, you're right. We're, we're at home. We know each other. We know which buttons we can push. And, you know, we know each other intimately. So sometimes that's the hardest place to practice goodness. And I was kind of thinking about um, um, I grew up with two older brothers. So I definitely know about gr- being in a house with boys. Um, and it wasn't all goodness there. And then I also raised two boys and two girls. So um, I can honestly say um, both genders struggle with that. <laughs> um, 
but here's the thing, uh, you know, I was thinking about, um, as we got a little older, my mom at Christmas time, she would ask each one of us to give each other, each family member an intangible Christmas gift, which means words of encouragement, things we like about each other. And that was really a beautiful thing because really, you know, gifts can be, you know, they get taken, they get played with, they get destroyed. And yet, intangible gifts, um, they, they just, you know, we walked away from that feeling so much better um, about each other. And, you know, I thought that's something that we could do every day or do every week, just sitting around the dinner table. What's the best thing that happened to you today? What's, you know, let's all, you know, uh, encourage uh, one person. We can either pick the name out of a hat or we can go around the table and each say something nice to each other. It has to be, you know, make it intentional that we're spending time and actually thinking about what's something really nice I can say to my brother um, to show him that I do love him, even if we're been fighting. Yeah, because that's a tough one. Or, you know, when they're bickering and arguing and I say things like, you know, we've got to be good to each other or the name calling, like that's a big one in my house. You know, the little one calls the big one fat and the fat one calls the the other one a shrimp. And, you know, they're, that's not good. Like that's not practicing goodness. But where is the line of practicing goodness? And like, in my case, boys will be boys. Well, and human beings will be human beings. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I finally, you know, it's interesting because, and I'm going to get a little bit personal here. Um, I was kind of bullied by one of my brothers, well, sometimes by both of them when I was growing up. And I was determined as a mother not to let that happen in my house. Um, my mom was home. She was a stay-home mom. And... You know, and we had conversations about that as an, you know, after I'd grown up and, you know, I just couldn't understand how that could happen. So it wasn't going to happen in my house. And guess what? It did. As much as I, you know, would stop it, nip it in the bud. Hey, stop doing that. Don't talk to her that way. It still happened. And <laughs> it was one of those things is like, you know, I, is some things we just can't control everything that goes on in the house, but we can teach our kids to love and you know sometimes those um and i would like to think that maybe it wasn't as bad in my home as it was for me growing up i don't know but um you know as as much as we made it an effort to not let that happen it still did and that gets back to hey we live in a fallen world our children we have no perfect children there are no perfect parents and as much as we want to try to keep these things from happening, some things still will. And as far as the boys calling each other those names, um, I think um, I would like to think they know that they're just playing with each other and there's not you know, any major hurts going on there. But I know in some kids' lives, like mine, it really did hurt. And it took a lot to get past that. And, you know, um, all we can do is just stay on it and be consistent. Hey, we're not going to use these names. Um, we're not going to call each other these things because this, these words really do hurt. 
We don't, well, they you know. do hurt. You know, like my one son didn't want to go to a pool party because his one other brother has, you know, like drilled into his head that he's fat, you know, fatty, fatty, two by four. I mean, all these awful names. And he wouldn't go to this pool party. And then he went to the pool party wearing like this big shirt. I mean, he looked ridiculous. He isn't fat, you know. But the words that his brother has drilled in his head, you know, really stuck with him. So, you know, this name calling that goes on between siblings really can't be dismissed just as sibling rivalry and the kids will be kids or boys will be boys. They stick with you. And I think, you know, Lisa, you've shared this with me and I've shared this with you. Our siblings sometimes are more influential than anybody else. They are. And I wish I had an easy way to fix it. (laughs) I don't. Um, I think that's where something as parents, we just need to be praying over our kids every night and um, ask them to pray for one another and, you know, do as much as we can to um, instigate, incorporate positive speech. You know, again, sitting around the dinner table, let's say something good about each other. Let's think about the good things that have happened today. Let's be, you know, nice to each other here and and start start small there, start simple and work out from there. Because um, kids will do that and it's not okay. I'm not saying it's okay, and yet, it, you know, as hard as I try to keep it from stop happening, it did anyway. So, you know, and that's where we just pray over our kids and pray that these things, that they, they grow and, and mature beyond that and that we get past the, the hurts that come with that. Absolutely, because that's one of the things where, yeah, I was going to say the fruits of the Spirit are intertwined again, because you can't operate in goodness without operating in forgiveness or kindness or gentleness, and, you know, that's where... I think it's really good to to put these up. Like in my kitchen, I have one of these fruits of the spirit signs up, you know, and it's like, hey, these are the fruits of the spirit. This is what we have to implement every day. And sometimes when, you know, the kids are really naughty, I'll put my finger on it. And I'm like, this, this, guys, this is what we're talking about. We need to get back to this. Um, because it is, and it's, it's repetitive. Like that's the other thing that I found And Lisa, you've raised your children into adulthood. Now you have grandbabies, you know, I'm on my first go round, but one of the things I wished that I had learned for the fruits of the spirit is that they need to be repeated in the household almost weekly for people to, for, for kids, especially to get it. And for reminders as adults. Right. Um, because how many of us learn one thing once and take it forever? It's usually, um, it needs to be repeated. And with kids, it needs to be repeated. And again, as parents, we need to be consistent, making sure that we're not uh, maybe saying things about people in the home that maybe we shouldn't say. Um, And, and, you know, definitely, you know, checking the kids on it. Like, hey, that, that just wasn't a nice thing to say. And um, teach them to apologize and teach forgiveness. Um, and, um, and I think that, you know, having to stop and go, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Okay. I forgive you. Um, you know, we really can't teach them to, to stop doing that. And, but it takes a lot of work and doesn't always stick. I'm not going to make any guarantees here, but I do know that God is faithful and God is good. And when we set our hearts and our minds towards, following his instructions, living the fruits of the Spirit, teaching them to our children. I know for a fact he's going to make it work in their lives. And even though there's going to be these little skirmishes and these things that go on that shouldn't, 
um, he's going to take it and he's going to work it and he's going to make it good for them in their lives. And we just have to trust him there. Well, and I think, you know, it's like we catch some of this stuff, you know, we catch it early, I think is one of the big um, things that I know I'm trying to do, um, because it's not just the words, but it's also the tone. And when you talk about goodness, you know, and what's in your heart and what you're intending to do, you know, that's a good one, too, because I have also had my kids pray mean things over each other, you know, (laughs) and so when they're praying, they're good, you know, please press my brother in his fatness, you know, things like that are pretty obvious but the tone is something that we have to watch for too and you know and I'm not picking on my kids all kids do this there's not a kid in the universe that hasn't used a tone or a word or whatever you know it's part of growing up it's part of making mistakes and you know we just have to be diligent and stay on our kids to really raise them within the fruits of the spirit so that they understand them they can embrace them they can use them uh, and expecting that they're not going to use them all the time right Lisa? Right, because even we in our, even I in my walk and you in your life, um, we, we have our moments where we fall down. And that's where grace comes in. That's where we can go and ask for forgiveness. And uh, we know that God will forgive us. And we hope that others do too. Right. And, you know, all we can do is ask for that forgiveness and all we can do is practice it on a daily basis. And honestly, the biggest thing, Lisa, and I, I, I'm sure you'll back me up on this, is it's more important what we do as parents and how we live than what we say. Absolutely, because kids are watching everything we do and they seem to pick up on the bad things we do much easier than the good things. Oh, you're not kidding. You know, I swore once and, you know, of course the kids were like, oh my gosh, mom said it. So now I can say it. And, you know, I've never lived that down in like eight years. Well, I've got to take us to the end of the show. If you like this show, check us out on iTunes, Motherhood Talk Radio. You can also find us on Toginet. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. You can also find us on MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. These episodes are there. I hope you enjoy them. I hope you put them in your household. This is sixth in our series. And next week we're going to come back and we're going to talk about faithfulness and we're going to talk about passages in the Bible where we can find it, some lessons and how to practice it on a regular basis in our households, which is what we do as moms because we multitask and we do it very well. We'll be back next week. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Motherhood Talk 